Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Four Guys in a Comic. And today it's just me and Tap. What's up, Tap? Hey, how's it going, man? Doing all right. So we got technically it's Father's Day. Happy Father's it Day, all you fathers. Father's Happy Father's Day, Tap. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you at some point in the future, probably. Right. My future maybe. father. <laughs> your, My. your future Father's Day. Yeah. I'm traveling back in time. I'm coming from another age, an age of apocalypse where you were a father. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, guys, we, you know, every week we do the fan vote for the topic, and Tap said it already that we are going to be talking about Age of Apocalypse. Which we did do a pod way back in the day, way back in the day about, um, and that took a, I don't know. We actually read the whole thing for it and then did an episode over it and it was insane. But this time we are going to be talking about it here with Tap because Tap wasn't here last time. I was not. Right. So first off, uh, let's, let's just open this up to you, Tap. I'm you've read I think you've read all of it or only half of it I've read most I don't even recall because the problem is there's just so many like crossovers and whatnot involved with it and I remember back when uh before I even joined the podcast uh you had your your book of the month club (laughs) and we we tried to tackle uh AOA and um so I I you know, I, I jumped into it because I was like, I really want to go back and read that. And so I read most of it. But like I said, there was just so many, like, side books and everything else that it just kind of got confusing. No, that's definitely true. Um, I think in total there is, like, 40-something books that go with it. I, I don't know. know. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I don't feel like some of them really needed to be i wonder if that was just like sort of more of a marketing strategy with marvel where they were like hey if we slap aoa on it it's gonna sell more copies even though it has absolutely nothing to do with aoa well you gotta think about this at the time okay before it started they had the um legion quest story which i don't know if you've read or not yeah i've read legion Quest. okay you've read legion quest and oh yeah the big thing about the end of legion quest was that Charles Xavier dies, you know, they go back in time and David, his son is trying to kill Magneto. So anything Magneto has ever done in the future would not have happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, David goes back in time and he accidentally kills Professor X. And at this time, at the, if you have the actual issue, like the, the issue right before AOA starts where it's him dying after the page of him like laying there they do a spread where it's like come to charles xavier's funeral in so and so mall to celebrate the life and yes times of i remember Professor that X. yes i remember that and so they made this a big deal and this wasn't the first time he was dead he, i guess it was like the first time he really died kind of in a legit way for a time for a time (laughs) for a time (laughs) but um 
Yeah, uh, they made a big deal out of it. And then you, you got to think about it. They had all these issues, like different stories at the time. You know, they had uh, for X-Men that were side story. They had X-Factor. They had X-Force. They had uh, Generation Externals. X. Externals. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, ridiculous. But no, like even before AOA, they had like all those titles. And with this event, they changed the name of every single one of those titles. So instead of Generation X, it became Generation Next. Or instead of X-Force, it turned into The Eternals or Externals or whatever. Everything yeah, has externals. an X in it. And um, there was even Astonishing X-Men. And then there was... Um, what Amazing else? X-Men. Amazing X-Men. Uh, there was a-, a Factor X. Uh and you could obviously tell that's X Factor. And the thing was, is I don't think that they've ever done an event before, like, I guess in comics that I can think of that I'm aware of, where they actually, like, took all the titles from it and changed them all just to make them work with this event. So let's say you weren't reading Uncanny X-Men at the time when that issue came out, or whichever X-Men title it was with the end of Legion Quest and he died. And back in, what, 96, I guess. And you walk into your comic shop the next week and you see that all the X titles, it's like, okay, going to go pick up my uh, X-Force issue. And you look and you're like, what the hell is externals? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I couldn't. I, I, and so that was like a big thing that happened with this. And it kind of, I think it reshaped the way comic events happened a little bit. Um, because before when you had uh i guess crossover events and stuff i mean you you had the x-men universe crossing over where like an executioner song you know you had to read like x-factor x-force x-men just to get the full story for everything that was happening but i feel like this like blew it up and made the entire x universe involved and then and then some because then you had a universe or what is it x universe or whatever in x-men chronicles where it even talked about like other heroes and how they're dealing with this situation of uh living in america that is basically slave slave trade you know uh people are slaves uh humans anyway not mutants Hmm. yeah but um you know it's crazy with you know AOA just how they flipped everything they made Magneto the head like he replaced Charles Xavier um they had Rogue and him as a couple yeah that was weird yeah and they had a kid yeah that was weird I remember uh us actually discussing that um in your book of the month club um yeah that was that was odd it makes you wonder how did How'd they pull that off? Because he's like four times her age, and like that's just kind of. Plus, if you touch her, know. though, don't you, they get all the life sucked out of you? Yeah, they. I thought. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've read it's like it. Like electromagnetic but, shield or something. I don't know. They they did it somehow to where he could. That's why she fell in love with him because he was the only person that could touch her without feeling the effects. Mm. Like that was part of the reason, like why she like fell for him, um, was because he they could be intimate and she could have companionship and blah 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 because it didn't impact him. But I don't remember how they worked it. It probably had something to do with some magnetic polarity or of the earth and his power. I don't know. It's some crazy nineties <laughs> Marvel gimmick, but 
Well, uh, they ended up having a kid. And you know what? That's the thing. Uh, I'm going to flash forward a little bit. Even though it goes back at the end to normal, obviously. And we go back to the regular X-Men universe, um, leaving this fantasy. But uh, it I, there's sometimes... I know they've done like offshoot things where they tried to like, extend stories of what's happened in Age of Apocalypse and stuff that are like, eh, not they're not really as good, you know? Because uh, these things happen like years later and it's not the same people and it's their take on it. The different take, you know? And it's like Hollywood today. Yeah, exactly. Trying to reboot and redo what was done in the past. That's why we have uh, Hellraisers like eleven or something like that. Oh, sir, they stopped being good after three. Yeah, true story. But uh, but yeah. So I always wanted to see like, even though they went back, I was like, man, I really wish I could have saw like you know little Charles like grow up and figure out what kind of powers he was gonna have, you know. Because that's a weird mix between Rogue and Magneto. Mm-hmm. But um, I, no, something I want to bring up with it is one of the things, I don't know if you felt the same way, but one of the cool things that I thought reading through it is since everyone is in this different world, everyone has different roles. Like villains may not be villains and heroes may be villains and stuff. And you just kind of figure it out as it goes along and how they shaped it. Um, but... I always thought that it was cool, like, uh, I don't know if you got this far, when they were tr- uh, basically doing, uh, steal, like, trying to, like, st- take the humans and uh, refugee mutants and stuff out of the Age of Apocalypse world and bring them to a safe haven in, um, or, like, a refugee camp in uh, Savage Land or yes. whatever. And uh, during that trip, uh, you get to the gatekeeper or whatever, and it just says Kane uh, or Marco or whatever, a juggernaut. Like, huh? yeah, yeah, juggernaut. Yeah. And um, you just see him like looking like a monk and like letting everyone go by. And it's like, what is going on? And yeah, I mean, just little things like that. The monk Kane. Yeah. The monk Kane. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, do you have like a favorite moment from AOA that you read or something that you just, I know it's been a while since you read it. Is there something it that you stick out? Is there something that sticks out that you'll never forget from it? Um, I don't know, man. My memory sucks. I'm not going to lie. Like, I have a hard time remembering what I read last week. Like, if somebody, like, starts talking about something and it jogs my memory, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember now, blah, 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 blah. And then I can, like, keep going. But, um, yeah, I have a really crappy memory. I think I need to start taking some more fish oil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, no, the the one thing that I do remember really sticking out, though, and I, and I just thought it was more odd than anything, is what we've already sort of discussed, which was the uh, the Magneto and, and Rogue thing. Um, I remember just thinking that was really odd. Because, like, there's, like, this huge, huge, huge age gap. And then I'm like, I get it. She's lonely, and he's the only one that can touch her without feeling the effects. So, like... She's just going with what she can get, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I get it. But at the same time, I mean, he is kind of a silver fox. I don't know. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just, it was kind of creepy and weird. And I just remember reading that and just thinking to myself, what the fuck are they doing? Like, what are they writing right now? Um, and then the other thing, too, um, that I will say that's always kind of really stuck out to me was the look of all the characters from AOA. Uh, like you have uh, Wolverine, for instance, with his hand lopped off, and yep. it's just like the metal nub. Um, 
you know, uh, that that one's probably the biggest sticking point for me. Anytime I see that, I don't even see anything else around. I just see that character and I go, oh, Wolverine AOA. Like, mm-hmm. you just immediately click it with AOA. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of iconic looks and costumes, I would say, really kind of stuck out. And I think, honestly, if anybody were to see, uh, you know, the costumes from back then, and you don't have to show them any, all you have to do is like a cutout of the character in that costume, and I'll bet you any comic reader from the 90s can tell you exactly that, yep, that's AOA. Like, oh, definitely. It's, had, like, this iconic it's such an look. iconic look. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I, I thought this was great, too. And it's one of the things is I love the look of, like, basically all the characters in it. I even like the way Cyclops looks with the his eye missing and he has the one yes. Cyclops thing. And then yes. he has the long hair. That's even cool, you know? And then oh, it has a... the cool blonde, long blonde hair and stuff. Yeah, okay. That was back in the day of the mullet. All right. We're yeah. talking about 95, 96. This is back when Billy Ray Cyrus and the mullet were popular. <laughs> Um, everybody had a mullet. Cause I actually remember bringing this up in, in the, in the, the book of the month chat and, uh, people disagreed with me. I was actually kind of shocked, but I, I had mentioned in there that I felt really weird with Magneto's hair. Oh yeah. Like Magneto had like this, like really weird hairstyle. It wasn't just that it was long. It was like real long and it had like a real skinny ponytail in the back. And he had some like Padawan braids and stuff. Yeah. It just, it looked fucking weird. (laughs) And so I brought it up. I said, is it just me or does anybody else find this odd? And, uh, apparently I was the only one, um, I kind of yeah, like Magneto with the long hair. I'm going to be honest see, with you. I can't do Like, I don't mind, like, you know, a little bit of, like, shaggy long hair mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, that's cool. But I don't know. The Billy Ray Cyrus look, man. Everybody was rocking the long hair back then. You had Bishop with his mullet. Bishop had a cool mullet, though. He had, like, I a Jerry say, curl I, almost. Yeah, yeah, I will say. I actually did like Bishop's mullet. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's just more characters that were rocking the mullet in the mid-90s. Like... Uh, I know he's not part of AOA or even Marvel for that instance, but Superman was rocking a freaking mullet for a while in the 90s. Like, that was just the thing. Artists are like, what's popular? Oh, the mullet? Let's just draw everybody with mullets. Yep. And and that's what we got. I mean, that was what... You know what's weird, though? In real life, I didn't really know that many people with mullets. Yeah, well, you want to know something real life? I can't lie. What? Dating myself a little bit here, but... uh, yeah, I was in sixth grade with a mullet. Oh, we got to find a picture. You got to show me. Yep, I went from a rat tail. That's what I had originally was the rat tail. <laughs> Back in like 89, 90, 91, something yeah. like that. I had like a really long rat tail. And then uh, I grew that out into a mullet and like a full on mullet. Um in the mid nineties. So I was also guilty of rocking the mullet, but I didn't know any better. I was like in sixth grade. I was like, you know, 10, 11 years old. I didn't know any better. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But beyond the mullet, and since we've already brought them up and stuff, we're talking about the characters and whatnot. Do you have a favorite character or character transformation in this? Like for me personally, my favorite character, uh, just for comedic purposes is morph in this, but do you have your own? Probably Gambit. Gambit is super cool in this. And he's like a leader in his, like, for yes. the X-Force, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that you also got to think, too, this is back, like, when 
Gambit's popularity was like riding high. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this is back like when the two favorite X-Men of all time were Gambit and Wolverine. Like mm-hmm. that's what everybody wanted to be. Like when you would play with your friends and you would play X-Men, like you guys would argue over who was going to be Wolverine and who was going to be yeah. Gambit. And then everybody else had to be like Cyclops. And I was like, I don't want to be Cyclops. I don't like, want it. Everybody loved Gambit and Wolverine. So, uh, yeah, for me, I would definitely have to say uh, uh, Gambit rocked it in this one. Do you have a character that you dislike the most in this? Uh, personally, for me, uh, maybe a little unpopular opinion here, but I was really not into Nathan Gray in this. Like, I just, the way he looked and stuff, I was like, where's badass Cable instead of, I'm yeah. some kid trying to figure myself out. <laughs> I'm Nate Gray. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, probably. I don't know, man. Probably Magneto again. Yeah. It's just the his look. Like I said, I wasn't a fan of the look, and then the fact that he's trying to be sort of, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's trying to get with a chick four four times younger than him was just sort of weird, and just they they just made Magneto feel really weird for me. Like it didn't feel like the Magneto. I know it's a different universe. At the time, they tried to play it off like it was the six one six, and then. Later on, it was retcon to no, it was a different universe. Yeah, um, but ah, man, Magneto just felt—he just didn't feel like Magneto to me. He just felt weird. Yeah, it wasn't like brutal Magneto. I don't know. I I've, I still see villain Magneto as like super intimidating compared to good guy Magneto, who I'm just kind of like, uh, I know you could just squash everybody, but you're choosing not to. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. But um, I will say this, my two, because uh, I want to know yours too, uh, my two really kind of surprised characters out of this that I didn't, okay, I'm going to name one I didn't like and then one that I really kind of liked. Um I thought that Dark Beast was weird with Hank McCoy being a bad guy. I thought it was really cool that he was like some brutal, you know, experimental scientist for Sinister or whatever. And But I, just his look and stuff was weird. It was like Beast had a mullet and an earring. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, and that was, that was a weird one. But one that I really liked, uh, surprisingly, was uh, Jubilee. Uh, Jubilee in this, for some reason, she was great in Generation X with uh, Chamber. And uh, the whole Sugar Man story or whatever with them was really cool. I don't know if you uh, remember that one very well, but th- that one, the colors in that Generation Next comic were just amazing. Yeah, I don't recall that one off the top of my head. I don't know. I can't, Like I was saying or before we jumped on, I kind of want to get the, the AOA... Um omnibus and i'm actually curious to see which books are actually in the omnibus let's look real quick yeah dude there's oh man i'm telling you if because i've seen the old one omnis and uh they're huge the whole thing is ginormous well yeah and i will say there's actually two omnis yeah um, they have the main one the x-men age of apocalypse omnibus and then they have the companion. age of apocalypse companion yeah. omnibus um so they actually do technically have two of them um but let me see here. So it looks like the main one um, has Uncanny X-Men, X-Men, Cable, X-Men Alpha, Amazing X-Men, Astonishing X-Men, Factor X, Gambit and the Externals, Generation Next, Weapon X, X-Caliber, X-Man, X-O- Basically, it has all the main ones. Um, 
that's actually pretty good. How many pages is this thing? A couple thousand. 1,072. It's a lot. And then you can pick up the companion, which is uh, much cheaper. And that one, how many pages does that one have? 992. So, I mean, all together, you're looking at about 2,000 pages. Yep. Wowza. I mean, at least you're getting bang for your buck. You are. I will give you that. Marvel did make it through. But sometimes those huge omnis are so hard to read. Yep. Well, I mean, it's like a year's um, worth of X-Men titles, basically. Yeah. For Holy like crap. eight series. I was looking at cause another one that's on my wish list that we were talking about earlier. Um, that I just thought it reminded me was the Onslaught, the X Men mm-hmm. Avengers Onslaught. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, that one's on my wish list. How many pages? That one's thirteen hundred pages. Yep, just in the one book. They used to do them long back Yeesh. in the day, man. All right. Well, anyways, um, so to answer your question, um, one that I didn't like, I'll I'll agree with you on the Dark Beast thing. That did feel weird you got to think too at the time when i was originally seeing these on the shelves and things i was a younger kid i just well i was probably 12 or 13 at the time um and you gotta think i grew up watching you know from 92 to about 95 i was watching the x-men cartoon on fox every day and so to see beast portrayed in that in that (laughs) manner was uh was rather odd um, so I will agree with you on the Dark Beast. The character that did surprise me, and I don't know why I like this character, to be honest with you. Um, oh, and the other one I didn't really like was Zorn. I don't like Zorn. It was just yeah. sort of a weird... I don't know. Not a big fan of Zorn. But anyway, um, the character that actually surprised me that I that I did enjoy. And they, they're not even like that big of a character in the stories at all. Not even sure why I'm, I'm a big fan of this character other than... I absolutely love the Marvel trading cards, but is fucking Guido strong guy. Strong guy was really, really cool in this comic. I, I really enjoyed strong guy and he's just, I don't know why. Cause he's a goofy looking character. (laughs) He's like super top heavy. Yeah. Like super. He has like this like little head with like bald, like, or like a little like white tuft with like glasses. Um, no, I really always enjoyed Strong Guy. I used to collect all the Marvel cards, you know, like the Marvel Universe yeah. ones. And I'd always end up getting, like, Strong Guy was like a common card that everybody would always have, so I had like a million of them. And I just loved the look of him. I don't know why. I'm, I gotta go with Strong Guy. He's dope in Executioner's Song, too. He's funny. Yes, yes. I actually did really enjoy him in Executioner's Song. It's weird. He's like sitting in that car or whatever. Yeah. He's like trying to yeah. get, he breaks the door off. <laughs> Yep, yep. He's like trying to get out. <laughs> Big fucking hulking guy. Yeah. No, I do. I do. I like strong guy. Awesome. Well, okay. So I'm going to bring up a few things with Age of Apocalypse now that I just thought were, I don't know, uh, maybe things that I'm just like, why did they need to do this? Um, one of the ones that I want to bring up is Sabretooth and his son. And he treats his son like a pet like on a leash and he's named wild child or whatever but i was just like what is the purpose of this character i mean he came back occasionally i guess and just random offshoot stories in like different universes and stuff but it was like we have Sabretooth. why do we need Sabretooth pet kid doing work <laughs> for Sabretooth when he could just do it 
Yeah, that's another man with a mullet. Sabretooth. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, the mullets were strong in the Marvel Universe. Did Now, okay, I gotta ask this too. Did you ever read the Blink story? That was part of the AOA, right? That was like one of the minis that like led into yeah. it? Yeah. Yes, well, no, no, no. Okay. The Blink story actually came out like way later after Age of Apocalypse. But it was so popular that the people consider it to be a part of the main story now. I remember it being on our list in the reading club. I remember that's why I read it. I had never read it previously. I only read it because it was on like the list to read. I, it basically it just makes it was written to make to for you to know what blink was doing the whole time she wasn't in there because she disappears at the beginning of the comic and then you don't hear anything about her again basically until the very end of the comic and you don't really know what she did and that's why they wrote this thing like way later on to explain what happened to her but it's actually <laughs> really good and it's kind of hard to find in like single issues but it really yeah i think it let me look it up i would see what year it came out but i'm pretty sure that it came out like maybe early millennium let me see well now i gotta see if it's in the companion omnibus let's see here it is it's in the companion omnibus her first appearance was in x-men alpha number one uh link one through four find out what year did this comic come out 2001 so yeah, it was like six years later yeah and it's a hard to find comic uh but it basically explains what she was doing in age of apocalypse but isn't that cool how something what uh five years afterward uh made it into the canon storyline yeah that is pretty cool yeah. Alright, well add add the companion omnibus now to my X Men wish list. Now I need to have that one. Yep. Well, um besides Age of Apocalypse, because we've been talking about it for about thirty minutes now. Have you gotten off your Valiant soapbox yet? Or are you still going nope, strong? I'm still going strong, son. Oh, man. Yeah. Now I can give you a quick update if you would like. Well, what are you reading right now? Because I know, like, <laughs> you're finishing things left and right. What are you in the middle of reading? Yeah. Um, so earlier this week, I just I read um, Archer and Armstrong, Volume 2, uh, Deluxe. These are all Deluxes, people. For those of you guys that don't know, um, I'm reading all the reading collecting all the valiant deluxes and omnis and things um so i just finished that one earlier this week and i'm now diving into uh bloodshot volume two and i'm probably about halfway through that one currently um and then after i finished that one i i looked and i'm like man i only have about five more deluxes to read and then i've read and then i've read all of them oh wow so i'm I, yeah i'm i'm getting through these um pretty at a pretty good pace so yeah i've only got about five more to go um and then i'll have them all read are you stoked um, or are you almost disappointed it's gonna be over a uh, little bit of both um 
Because I'm also reading, like, the current ongoing stuff as well, like, when we get the preview files. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading, like, Rapture. Like, I just read Rapture number two, um, you know, like a week before it dropped. And that was awesome because Rapture's Ninjak and Shadow Man, and those are, like, two of my favorite characters. So that's really awesome. Um, So I'm reading a lot of, like, the ongoing stuff too, um, like Generation Zero and, and things like that. I'm still reading those. But from a hardcover perspective... It is a little bumming um, that I'm that I'm almost done, uh, but I did get the uh, I do have the uh, the classic omnibuses from the '90s of Quantum and Woody, Exo Man of War, and Archer and Armstrong. Yeah, so I can I can you know go back and enjoy the '90s goodness of Valiant as well. So that's exciting. Uh, but at the same time, it's bittersweet. Like I said, it's kind of sad. But at the same time, it's kind of cool because I have other things that I. Have I, I would like to read eventually, like, you know, the new Spider-Man omnibus or the, uh, uh, you know, even the old Spider-Man stuff that you've been trying to get me to read on, you know, Comixology, just um, things like that. So, I mean, there, there's there's definitely a lot of things and there's some image titles that I haven't, that I've been missing out on these last two months because I've been reading nothing but Valiant. Uh, so it's a little bit bittersweet, but at the same time, I'll be able to catch up on other things, um, that I enjoy. So I'm, I am looking forward to that. Uh, but nah, I think, uh, overall, I've got to say, man, Valiant by far is, uh, my all time favorite publisher. Um, I, I have yet to find a book by them and trust, I've read a lot (laughs) and I have yet to find a book that I, that I don't like. I mean, obviously I prefer some more over others, but as a whole, I have yet to find a book that I don't like. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, what, and I'm sorry to ask, is your least favorite Valiant book or series? Which is my least favorite? Yep. Um, I'm looking over here at my deluxes. Hang on. <laughs> we need Jeopardy keep in mind. Music. There's yeah, no. Keep in mind. There's a few that I haven't read yet. So like, I haven't read Rye. Um, I haven't read Book of Death. So there's like a few like that I still haven't read yet. But I gotta say, my least favorite. <sighs> is either Generation Zero, just because it's sort of like a spinoff of these, like, kid Psyots. Basically, Psyots in the Valiant Universe are, like, mutants in the Marvel Universe. Okay. Um, I mean, you look at it that way. So it's like the X-Men, sort of. Um, so, like, Generation Zero is sort of like the young X-Men, I guess you could say, um, if you want to, like, try to compare it, put it into perspective. Um, so Generation Zero is... It's good. I enjoy it, but it's not... I I don't get super excited to read it like I do some of the others. Um, and honestly, another one that... People are going to think I'm crazy. Uh, another one that I, I, I like... I do like a lot, but it always takes me a while to get into it. Like, I'll start off, I'm like, God, I don't really want to read this one right now. Like, I want to go read these other ones, but... I need to read this title first and all right. And then once I get into it, then I'm like, Oh yeah, I love this book. I love this book. But it, it just takes me that initial, like, oh, do I really want to read this before I get to that point is Exo Manowar. Mm. I'm not, uh, I'm not the biggest Exo fan. And a lot of people are probably going to think that I'm crazy for that, but it's the truth. I love shadow man. I love Ninjak. 
uh, Bloodshot. Those are like my faves. Um, and Exo. Um, for me, Exo more depends on the arc. Um, like the uh, the first deluxe was really good. The second deluxe was kind of like, eh. Uh, the third deluxe, which had the armor hunters run in it, was amazing. So I think it just really sort of depends um, on the XO run. But that one, I would say probably XO. Okay. XO and Generation Zero. Which is weird, because if you ask anybody else who their favorite Valiant is, almost everybody's going to tell you XO. Yeah, I don't know much about Valiant still. I think that Bloodshot's pretty cool. And I like the XO series by Venditti, so... But yeah, no. And now Matt Kent's writing the new run. I think there's like three or four issues out currently and Matt Kent's writing that one. And I love Matt Kent. So I'm probably going to really enjoy the new current run, but I'm trying to get through. I have two more volumes to get through um, on Exo Manowar. Ah, you're I'll be there. complete with it. Yeah. And like I said, it's just like with that book, I'm like, do I really want to read this one right now? No, I'd rather read Bloodshot or I'd rather read Archer and Armstrong or whatever. But then I pick it up and I'll get like two issues in and then I'm like, oh, this is awesome. All right, I'm hooked. Well, it's I, just that initial push. So I got to ask this then. Okay. Because this is something I want to ask you about last week whenever we were talking about Bloodshot a little bit. Um, who would win? Would Frank Castle be able to take out Bloodshot? No. Why not? Because Bloodshot can heal. So, wait. What are the extent of his healing powers, though? Like, can as long he as pull, his like, nanites, a Wolverine and come back from a drop of blood, or what? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Like, he, he, he can chop off his arm, his fingers, his whatever, and he, they grow right back. Um, his nanites create new tissue. And, uh, and he can... And not only do they grow back, but they grow back, like, very quickly. Um, it's not like it takes days, like it's minutes and he's back to full health. What if you fry him? Um, they've tried doing that in the past. They've tried frying the nanites, but due to the, the nanites can actually also hack into like, um, elect, um, electric, uh, like computers and stuff. Like the nanites can hack into stuff as well. The nanites can also cause them to look different. Um, think like the black suit Spider-Man, like how it can like change like his appearance. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, oh, I forget I'm wearing my suit because I look like I'm wearing normal clothes. Like, they can, the nanites can sort of do that with, with Bloodshot. For a very short time, he can't hold the, he can't hold the shape-shifting for very long. But for a short period of time, he can also shape-shift. He can, you know, like I said, he can heal really quickly. He can hack information and technology. And him and Frank, they both have, like, the same mental state. I guess you could say where um, they won't stop until everyone's dead type mm-hmm. thing. So like they, they have like the same mental state. Um, but as far as like physical capabilities and things, bloodshot owns him. Well, I mean, if you add in, uh, I guess the uh, regenerative property, you got him beat. Unless yeah. Frank just wants to be ruthless one day, but yeah. probably not going to happen. The only way that uh, Bloodshot cannot really regenerate is if he um, doesn't eat protein. Like he has to, the um, the nanites have to have like these uh, amino acids in the proteins and things. So he has to like make sure that he's constantly consuming protein, or he has to have like these amino acid baths from Project Rising Spirit that like fill him up. Um, but I will say this. 
there is a part, there is a story arc where Bloodshot loses all of his nanites, really. And he's sort of become, I guess you could say human. He's really sort of undead, Mm -hmm. so to speak. He was sort of like a dying soldier and they turned him into this. Um, So, I mean, he's kind of undead in that sense. Um, But he loses his nanites and sort of becomes very vulnerable. He can be, you know, he can't heal. He gets tired. He gets winded. He can't do all these other things that he's used to doing. So if it's like Bloodshot Reborn Bloodshot, where like he doesn't have any of his nanites versus Punisher, you have a much fairer fight. You know, now that I'm listening to you talk about him more, he really doesn't sound a lot like the... the I mean, he has the characteristics of a bunch of Marvel characters, but overall, he sounds more like Spawn. Because he had like Spawn doesn't have nanites, but he has a suit that's alive, and then he can regen. He can he's good with guns and everything else, and then yes. he has random goofy powers. You know, I guess that would probably be a better fight. Would be uh, Bloodshot and Spawn, but then again, Spawn's from hell, and that's not always fair. <laughs> yeah, well, can't do that. Well, but no, I I say if you do if you did Bloodshot reborn Bloodshot versus Punisher though. I would say it's a uh, it's a pretty fair fight. Sounds good to me. Well, all right. Before we start to wrap things up here, I just want to touch on it just for all the fans out there because it was kind of a close second. Um, but I guess it was uh, Nightfall. Yeah, Ran Batman it. Nightfall got second place in our uh, poll for this. And um, before we go, I just want to ask you. Uh, besides the back-breaking moment, was there anything that came out of Nightfall that just made you, you know, I love it. Like, as weird as it is, I like Azrael in it. Uh, fake Batman is That's actually cool. what I was gonna, that's actually what I was gonna say. Yeah, no, ruthless, willing-to-kill-people Batman. Yeah, no, Azrael was pretty dope. Um, just... Bane itself, though, for me is is what I I'm a big Bane fan. I've always really really enjoyed Bane um, as a character, and the the Nightfall arc with Bane, like you just learn so much more about Bane. Mm-hmm. You figure out why well, he, he is the way he is, it, right? Uh, Bane came out in Vengeance of Bane number one. Right. And then it went straight into uh, Nightfall after that, right? I believe so, yes. Because Chuck Dixon did both. So, yes, I believe it was very shortly thereafter, if it wasn't right away. Well, see, that's something all in its own that it says about his character. Is there was a character that no one knew really anything about. He just came out, basically. And then he gets into a story where he break he breaks Batman's back, you know. And what mm-hmm. a way to come out swinging at that time because this was before Death of Superman. So you know, Doomsday came in. That. Was it before Death it, of Superman? It was. You know what the sad part about Nightfall is, and I, I have to tell this to everybody, is when Batman got his back broken. Okay, it was supposed to be the major like thing in comics for that year, right? And when the guy yeah. wrote it, um, he put gave it to DC, and DC put it out, and he thought that this was going to be the biggest thing of the year, right? What DC didn't tell him is that there was another person who they approved to kill Superman. 
So they released actually the issue where his bat got broken like a month or two months before the death of Superman started. And when they actually killed Superman. So it took all his hype away. Oh, okay. I see what happened. Okay. So, because I was looking at the dates and I'm like, something doesn't seem right. I see what you're saying. Because Death of Superman ran from, it ran for a year straight. Mm -hmm. Um, It ran from October of 92 to October of 93. Whereas Nightfall ran from April of 93 to August of 94. So, like, they probably both kind of climaxed like right around the same yeah, time. So Batman yeah. got his back broken and then like a month or two later, Superman dies and it took all the hype away from Batman. And the guy was actually really upset about it from what I, I can remember or where I read it. Uh, and then about Chuck Dixon. Yeah. The writer. Yeah. The writer was upset that cause he thought that, you know, it was going to be the big thing and DC didn't tell him that they were going to be killing Superman. Hmm. Yeah, so he thought he had the, you know, DC by the balls, basically. And come to find out, a bigger character dies. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I see your Batman, and I one-up you a dead Superman. Well, Chuck Dixon is someone I would absolutely love to get onto this podcast. He's, cool. he's done his... God, yeah. he's His Batman stuff was incredible. Um... Here's a funny thing, though, and, well, you'll find this more humorous than probably the people listening, so I'll give a little bit of backstory. Before me and Rusty started recording tonight, uh, we were discussing um, Venom and, like, like what we think of, like, Eric Larson's Venom versus McFarlane's Venom and then, like, other people's takes on Venom and weird-looking Venoms, etc. And, Rusty, what was the one you pointed out to me again that I had to go look up? Venom, The Madness, Issue 3. Issue three, okay, and it's a it is kind of a really weird looking Venom. His thighs are all weird. His mouth is like this weird Jay Leno thing going on. It it is bizarre. Um, and the cover though was done by Kelly Jones, and I remember saying like, oh, who did it, Liefeld? Because it like Juggernaut's foot was all super weird looking, and Juggernaut looked really fat. And uh, so the art, the cover was actually done by Kelly Jones. Guess. I was just looking at this, and this is why I find it funny. Guess who did the the cover for the infamous Batman Nightfall? Same guy. Kelly Jones did the cover for the infamous Batman backbreaking Nightfall cover. Really? Yeah, that is and a I gotta weird say, coincidence. And that is such an iconic cover for Batman. Yeah. And honestly, I'm looking at it right now. I I don't think it's bad at all. Like I mean, obviously Bane's like super like roided bulky, out, like yeah. roided out. But I mean, other than that, like I don't think this is a bad cover at all. And it's such an iconic cover at that. Um, but yeah, Batman four ninety seven is the issue we we're referring to, and Kelly Jones did the art on that cover as well. And that those would have been. Probably semi around the same time. He probably did yeah. Batman first, and then he would have done Venom probably shortly thereafter. But all right, well, we know where his work stands. Stay with Batman. Yep. His Venom. <laughs> his Venom was funky looking. Yeah. If you guys want to go and check it out, it was um, Venom: The Madness number three, and just look at his jaw. 
look at his leg and look at fatty uh fatty juggernaut <laughs> yes. yeah yeah uh, but i guess he should have stuck on batman and it's weird because i think that venom issue did come out later um that just goes to show you can have your one shot in the fame and then come out with some crap later on you kind of got like the the liefeld treatment right there yes yeah he uh, definitely definitely did yeah well tap do you have anything else for us before we go no that's what i got let's get our other two faithful cohorts on the line and call someone up and do an interview All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Four Guys in a Comic. It's that time of the show where we have our interviews. And with us this week, we have uh, Mr. Matthew Petz. Now, Matt, I came across your stuff um, from a friend of the show, uh, I believe a mutual friend of ours, uh, David Gallagher. Yes. uh, Yeah, I saw David at the um, Five Points Festival in New York. Yes. And I handed him something that I was working on, and... uh, that's how you guys ended up seeing it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. David's a great guy. He's been on the show and he's always um, helping out other writers as well as helping us as well with potential interviews and things. And he sent us this book and it, <laughs> and he said in the email, he goes, you guys are going to love this. I promise you, just get past the first few pages. You're going to love it. And I said, all right. And so, so I started reading it, and I don't know how much we want to discuss it, so I don't want to ruin anything or blow up anything. But needless to say, he was right. It was absolutely amazing. Um, so let's just, let's just dive in and discuss it. So it's sure. uh, Golden, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Golden Voices, <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Is that right? Yes, that is absolutely right. It's, All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know because like we kind of mentioned in the email that we didn't really want to dive too deep. It was, okay, maybe we give a brief synopsis of it and then we do like a quick spoiler alerts and tell people to quit listening if they don't want to hear and then we just dive in from there. Yeah, that's probably I've been uh, I've been thinking about this for a while and uh, I've talked to a bunch of friends and comic book people and we're all sort of stumped <laughs> exactly how I. <laughs> promote this or try to get the word out there and i think this that's probably like a pretty good elegant solution to like maybe we can sort of say like this is it and this is what my intention was and then take off your earbuds for a minute because we'll probably talk about things that are ruin the comic book or you know ruin the surprises yeah and i yeah i do strongly suggest do not let this don't don't let this interview ruin the surprises for you please be sure that you come back later Put, put the podcast on pause Go read it and come back. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we don't, you don't want, trust me, this is a book that you just want to read on your own. You don't want it ruined for you in any way. It's that special. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, so spoiler free-ish, what can you tell us about the book? All right. So I, I've been thinking about this too, because um, when I'm going to shows, I'll give you a little bit of backstory, how I gave it to David at the Five Points Festival. So I worked on this thing um, the entire time I'm working on it. I'm like, I think this is cool. But then towards the end of it, I started to go, my God, what have I actually done? This is really, I, I don't know if this is going to, I don't know if this 
is anything anyone other than I want to read. <laughs> and basically, I'll say before we get into spoiler territory and how it came to be, um, uh, it's a biography of Frank Sinatra in the grand tradition of other bio, bio uh, comics like Justin Bieber and um, Lady Gaga. If you've ever seen those comics uh, by uh, Blue Water, Blue Water, Blue Water right. Comics, yep. Right on the shelf. Um, this was my attempt at that, and um, I really wanted to make. And so that was that. And then from in the back of my mind, I wanted to have something that was a one and done for shows. So I usually work on stuff that takes a lot of, you know, this is part one of two, or this is part six of ten. And this is sort of a, you get it, you read it, and, you know, there could possibly be more, I suppose. But uh, this is just a, if you like comics, it's a great one and done sort of thing to own. And if you love those biological comics, or biographical, or biological in this case, um, <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah, I'm kind of rambling a little bit because it's hard to describe. So, <laughs> well, let's get to the other side of this. I think it no, makes more sense. Now, Matthew, my LCS, they have a right. Blue Water Comics uh, selection available in the store. And right. it's all on the wall, and it's all labeled horror section. So if you want Hillary Clinton, it's in the right. horror section. So right. I, I'm safe to say that we could possibly see this in that horror section. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> It's uh, it's definitely um, yeah. It's not you know, and a tease for the second half of this. It's not what you think it is. So, that's, you know, that, that might that's that might lead us into something. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that is way way understated. Sure. Yes. Because uh, because you read through, it's like okay, this is cool. Then you get that WTF moment. You <laughs> do a double take. Yeah. Right and Where that is was my like. Sorry. Yeah, that was my uh, the entire time I'm working on it. I had I had I was looking at things and I'm like, listen, I got to make sure that I hit this moment because it sort of hinges on that moment. And because uh, up until that moment, um, you think you're in one world and you very quickly go someplace else. Okay. So I guess do we want to jump into? Yeah, yeah. Let's everything actually, else. Yeah, let's just jump in. So, spoiler alerts. Pause the podcast. Go Stop read listening. the book. You, right. I'm serious. You guys don't want us to ruin this for you. I promise you. It is. I'm glad David only told me what he did when I read this, and I told the other guys <laughs> the same thing. I said, "Trust me, you guys. Just read this. Just, just trust me on this." Um, right. So yeah, just don't. Just go read the book, then come back and finish the interview, and you'll be glad that you did. Yes. So all right. You guys have, you know, read it or seen it yeah. or something yes. like that. You there we go. Read it. It. Yeah, we all read it. Right, cool, cool. Yep. So, yeah, so uh, for anyone who hasn't or wants to or has just read it, um, yeah, it takes a really severe turn where you're reading your typical shitty biographic comic. You're going through the pages and you're like, what the hell? This is really terrible. Why did my friend suggest this? <laughs> Why did this guy sell it to me at a convention? Why, you know, this, that, other thing, because you flip a page and therein lies Frank Sinatra with a pentagram carved into his chest, all these wires, and things have gone very, very wrong. And um, from there, it sort of goes even more off the rails. My, my hope was that every page from that moment on could be its own insane comic. Um, 
and uh, that was sort of the that was the hope. Yeah, it was very yeah. well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's hard to again, like if you when I was at the Five Points Festival, I had printed these things up, and um, like no one, no one picked it up. It was brutal. Like it was hilarious. But I was talking to a couple of professionals that were there, and um, I showed it to them, and they were all like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. This is, you know, crazy. And uh, and then they would quickly say, like, yeah, but this is nuts. Like, I don't – how are you going to get this into anyone's hands? And I'm like, well, hopefully it will get out there, you know? I just got to kind of do it because I – it's one of those things I just – had an idea to do and I just kept doing it. But uh, along the way, I was like, man, I don't know if this is, is this worth it? This is kind of crazy, but I'm glad that you guys liked it. And David liked it. And, and, uh, I showed it to Jamal Igel and a couple other people that were a show. They were all, uh, sort of blown away how like just insane it was. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Like, um, honest to god when i was first reading it i go why why does david think we're gonna like this like in the first few pages i'm like i don't i don't understand this this is like this is not good like what is this yeah it's terrible and and then you're right i got past like the fifth or sixth page wherever i flipped to that next one or scrolled on my you know tablet to the next one and i went oh my god what is this (laughs) yeah it really works on a tablet because you can't peek ahead you know and i gave it to a couple of friends uh, the paper version, and I was like, listen, you can read this, but you got to read it in order. You can't flip forward because you're getting annoyed. Like, there's a payoff here. So uh, when it's out on Comixology, um, I, it'll really work because there is – you are locked into those first seven pages of this is terrible. The artwork is horrible. The coloring is horrible. The fonts, the ev- everything is terrible. And then there's a real severe switch, and uh, I just – Getting to that point was fun, but man, doing the bad artwork was really tedious and terrible. <laughs> to actually, I found myself drawing better than I should have been. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> you now I found all these uh, photographs of Frank Sinatra, and I was doing what those Blue Water comics do, or what I think they do, is they just sort of draw over photographs, and there's like a real stillness to that. It looks really gross and horrible. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was making the drawings look too good. And I was like, oh, I got to make this eye a little weird. I got to have a gap in between the teeth. I got to, you know, make it really ugly, um, so that everything does pay off at the end. And, uh, but there's no indication. I talked to my wife about it. I showed it to her and she was just like, this is ridiculous. Like the cover is disgusting. (laughs) It's like purposely painted, really terrible. Mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra looks just horrible like i think like one eye is kind of going one way another eye is kind of there's no indication that (laughs) comic goes off the rails which is what i wanted but it does make it sort of like a hard sell when i go i was at a convention saying listen you should you should pick this up they just looked at me like no this is terrible yeah Uh, another thing about it is you you get to that pentagram page and then you're like all right wow this is an interesting twist and you're like and it keeps growing and growing and getting right. worse and yeah. worse until that you're, was, until yeah, you're like centuries you're the, later and it's like he's this he's coming back it's crazy it just kept yeah. going like my hope was once i got to that crazy page in my mind when i was writing the script i just said okay like all bets are sort of off now 
So we can go thousands of years in the future. We can turn Frank Sinatra into anything. So, like, when there's this giant kaiju destroying a city in, like, year 3000, and you say it's Frank Sinatra, I think there's a real funny sort of, <laughs> you know, ridiculousness to that. Um, and, yeah, like, we just it was just fun sort of coming up with, what could Frank Sinatra be? Oh, how about a monster? How about a sentient plague? How about... Uh, you know, some sort of Tyrannosaurus thing, demon monster. Like it was, <laughs> it was just really fun to sort of like. At that point, the rails are off, and you can just do whatever you want. Now, Matthew, I have to ask. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit the ma- odd man out. I still have some mixed feelings on it. Sure. All right. Um, because I love Frank Sinatra. I'm big on the Croners. You know, uh, Dean, uh, Mel Torme, Frank Sinatra. And I read this, and it's kind of like, it is so fresh, so new, so original. That's what, <laughs> you know, that, that's one of the things that really uh, got to me is like, wow, this is something really different. And you love being able to pick up a comic and get that. But on the same token, it's Frank Sinatra, an icon, a legend. And I'm just kind of <laughs> curious, have you gotten any backlash because of that? Not yet, uh, only because it's very new. Uh-huh. And uh, I assume there will be some backlash because I did... Early on, I was like, who do I pick? And I would put my mind in sort of like the the publisher's low. Like, if I'm the guy at Blue Water and I'm going to make a comic, I got to lead with the most popular, mm-hmm. you know, most well-known. And I, I wanted it to be sort of uh, – I didn't want it to be a contemporary person. I thought it would be sort of – it would be more fun. And there is no Frank Sinatra bio comic, which was blowing my mind that they hadn't really? exploited the guy. Yeah, I, I – I, Maybe there is, but I I don't think they have done that. So I was like, let me be the first person to exploit Frank Sinatra, but I won't really <laughs> exploit him because you know, it, you know, he really didn't turn into a plague that yeah. destroyed uh, Las Vegas. See, now um, I was, but I I kept reading this and I kept thinking to myself, it would be so interesting if they made, made a, a follow up where the next issue is another iconic legend or somebody I don't know, <laughs> say like Lady Gaga or Madonna, and then by issue three they're battling each other, <laughs> good right, versus yeah, evil. I mean, it's definitely a couple people had brought that up to me, and I'm like, that's a really yeah. interesting idea to sort of do something like that. Um, so who knows? Maybe if there's a big enough. Uh, if people like it enough, it was definitely fun to think how crazy you could get, but it is hard to, to do those first few pages, you know? And like the backstory on this thing, like I did it, like I was really angry when I did it. Um, because, uh, I don't know if David had mentioned this cause I was telling him, they were like, how did this comic come to be? Like, why did you even want to do this? So the secret origin of the comic itself um, was, I would say, like two years ago, I was uh, freelancing and I uh, was really in a bad place. Like I needed some money and I was like, all right, I'm just going to take anything that comes my way. And I saw, may have been on Craigslist, may have been on one of the uh, art forums, uh, like someone was doing a Red Fox biographical mm. comic. Okay. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do this, but I'm sure I could do this. I have, you know, skills, right? I, to a certain extent, I can draw. And I thought, all right, let me try and do this. So I contacted the guy and the company, and they were like, yeah, you know, why don't you do us a sample page? And I was like, ugh. 
All right, I'll do a sample page. That sucks, but okay. So I do my Red Fox sample page, and I send it off, and I don't hear anything. And then it came back, and it was some sort of like, yeah, you know, we think you have talent, but, you know, it's just not right for us. And, you know, maybe someday we'll pick you out of obscurity, and you'll you'll be a plucky comic book artist. And I was like, wait, what? Like, really? Like, I don't want to think I'm that great, but, like, the reason I know David is because my comic, uh, War of the Woods, was part of DC's Zuda thing, and I had done a bunch of coloring for other comic books, and... I worked with my friend Charles, who is creating everything in the Marvel Universe now. And uh, Did you send it to him? <laughs> I did. So <laughs> I actually, I did like three pages at first. I did like one page that was like shitty artwork. Like, I don't know if I can curse, but like it was terrible. Oh, terrible. Oh, okay, fine. It's like the worst bullshit artwork. Like one of the first beginning pages. Then I sent him the cover. And I sent him a reveal, which was like the pentagram scene. And I told him, I said, hey, so we should release this and you should promote it as just a regular comic book. And uh, people will buy it and all of a sudden they'll be like crazy and it'll be really fun. And, you know, I was like, you know, excited about it. I never heard anything. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just do it myself, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really, really well done. And, you know, speaking of your art and stuff, too, um, once you get to the more fun horror sci-fi aspects of it, your art's really good. Um, I I really enjoyed your art a lot. So I don't know why they passed. Maybe they thought you were too good for them. I don't know. but (laughs) I don't know. You know, it could have been a bunch of factors. I don't want to put it all on them. But, yeah, I did also see it as, like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I can sort of showcase, like, my coloring and my character design and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, because the comic I do do normally, this thing, War of the Woods, which is basically a, a War of the Worlds from the perspective of animals. It's very, like, mouse guardy and animals and cute and sweet. And it was like, oh, why don't I try to do something a little bit evil and scary? So uh, I'm glad that you like the art. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now, Matthew, uh, maybe you answered your own questions to interview why they didn't pick you. Maybe they're really looking for that cheap, shitty artwork that you had in the beginning of the issue. <laughs> right. It, it could have been that, you know. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, whatever. I, there are people that, have, that take those jobs, but those jobs, like when you're first starting out in comics, they're, they don't pay very well. They're, you know, you're sort of at the mercy of who's ever doing that. They always promise you, like, oh, you're going to get stuff on the back end. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. It's really a way to take advantage of people that are uh, just starting out. So. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe they did want that, but <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty hard to do. So, for people that are interested in, uh, in in checking the book out, is there any way they can do it aside from running into you at a con? Uh, it's going to be on Comicsology. I'm not sure when. It might be out by the time Heroes Convention uh, kicks off, which is this weekend, I believe. That we're talking right now. Okay. Um, so it should be that and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try and talk to some publishers about it. Again, it's so strange. I don't know if they'll be into it. But, uh, you know, I'll have it at shows, and it'll definitely be available online. So that'll probably be the most immediate way for people to pick it up. And uh, hopefully, if you like it, you can tell your friends about it, because I hope word of mouth is something that uh, will follow this thing. 
Yeah, most definitely. And you know, speaking of shows and whatnot, you had you had mentioned Heroes Con. Are there any other shows upcoming that you're going to be at that we can throw out there? Uh, well, I'll be at Heroes um, this weekend, and then I'll also uh, I think I'm going to do Baltimore. I'm going to see about New York. And then after that, I'm not too sure. So, um, yeah, but th- that'll definitely be there. And you can check out uh, my website. It's just MatthewPets.com, which has uh, a bunch of my work and information on what I'm working on at the moment. Oh, very cool. So how did you – what is your background? How did you get started in, in comics to kind of begin with? We've sort of discussed the book and that idea and whatnot, but how did you sure. personally get started in comics? Uh, well, it really, I got to know everyone I know now through that, uh, DC's, uh, Zuda program from years back where they had, it was basically an online digital voting thing. You would create a comic book, uh, pitch, it would go online and then, uh, people would vote for it. So I came up with this idea called War of the Woods, which, um, it, my pitch is it's a uh, wind in the willows meets war of the worlds. So... Mm-hmm. Alien invasion of Earth, but uh, from the perspective of the animal kingdom, how do they survive UFOs destroying our planet? And uh, so that was my idea, and it ran on DC's website, and it won. So at that point, I entered into a contract with DC, and it was going to be a thing that they were going to do online, and then it would be collected and printed. I was one of the last few people to actually win and get a contract, because right after that, DC shut the whole thing down. Mm. Um, and that's how I got to know David who lives in New York and he had done uh, high moon and I got to know, uh, my good friend, Bobby Timoney and he had done night owls and uh, a lot of other people there. And since they were based in New York, we got to know each other and stuff like that. And we, I, I got to know them right when DC was shutting this thing down. Um, so that's how I started. I mean, before that I had freelance for a really long time, just doing, Again, sort of odds and end jobs of, you know, can you color this? Can you, uh, I don't know, can you letter this? You know, you sort of, you're a mercenary. You take anything you can get. Um, And then once I got to know David, David was working with a company that did manga translations. I did some work with him. So it was was an interesting start to comics, I will say that. Um, And then ever since, I've just been freelancing like i said i work with my friend charles on a book called strange attractors i colored a lot of that um and then i met uh uh, van jansen he did a bunch of stuff for dc and actually the book i worked with him on i colored that was actually nominated for an eisner so i was nominated for a coloring Mm. uh for an eisner a couple years ago so uh it's been an interesting career in comics so to speak very nice that's cool yeah, it's uh, it's different. My day job is um, I am a designer at Tops, and I design Star Wars cards. So that's mm-hmm. another whole crazy world. Yeah, so Tops digital to trading. Reds in the yeah. bows. Yeah, red is yeah, in the bows. The uh, digital, we have an app, like a Star Wars digital trading app, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm the designer on that. So it's day in and day out, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. It's crazy. So Red, how many of those have you collected? I don't know. <laughs> I got, I got, I got all the tops apps. I got all sorts of stuff on all of oh, them. Oh, really? That's yes. That, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah. I'm that Star Wars guy. So it's fascinating to sort of try to explain. What do you do? Like, I design digital cards. Mm-hmm. And people go, "What do you mean digital cards?" I'm like, "Digital cards. You got them yeah. in your phone." 
<laughs> and uh, it's still, you know, I'm old enough to, you know, kind of it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. But this is my day job. Yeah. Uh, but then you see, like, on eBay, people sell digital cards for, like, $200. And you're like, that's, I guess this is a thing. That's, that's knows about that, too. That is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's an entirely new collectible, which is yeah. doesn't come along too often. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, do you guys have any other questions or anything? I'm well, i got to ask the uh, the classic age-old question of... Um, what uh, what comics are you currently reading? Do you oh, yes. do you have do you have time or? Uh, I don't have as answer? much time. Let's see. Okay. I'll pull out Comicsology right now. I'm on my iPad as we speak. It's just doodling. I just um, actually, you know what I did? There's that. I read an article online about some crazy sale on Amazon. Did you see this? Like where you can yeah. get tons of books oh, for the cheap. Marvel. Yeah, they were like two. Yeah, the Marvel thing. So I just got. I don't know. Like. Masterworks, Amazing Spider-Man, The Complete Black Panther. I'm reading basically a lot of older stuff that I've always wanted to read and I haven't had a chance. Current stuff, what am I reading? I still read Walking Dead. Sometimes I wonder why I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, sort of out of obligation. Um, Southern Bastards is awesome. Yes. Um, catching up on Hellboy in Hell, which nice. is really good. Sort of confusing, but really, really good. Uh, what else do I have here? Lots of Walking Dead I gotta catch up on. Rumble. Have you guys read that? That is insane. It's a, with, in, at Image. Sounds familiar. And, uh, it's about, like, this, I don't know, this warrior who's in, reincarnated as a scarecrow with a giant sword, and the artwork is, uh, by James Harron, and it's uh, written by John Arcudi. It's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Uh, what else was I reading? Yeah, I, anything Batman. Like, I'm a huge Batman fan, so, like, I'm always reading whatever Snyder's doing. Um, and, yeah, just right now it's a lot of older stuff I'm peeking through here. Devil Dinosaur, <laughs> Fantastic Four, mm. Barry Windsor Smith's Weapon X. I was just reading that. The the uh, Ellis Moon Knight, that's really good. I just read that for the first time. That's yes. been out forever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I it's I don't have as much time because of the regular job, and then I don't know. Sometimes I was in a band uh, years ago, and the last thing you want to do when you're playing heavy metal is to like listen to heavy metal. <laughs> so like sometimes like when I'm in comic book making mode, like which I am now, um, I don't read as many comics as I used to. I'm more on I don't know a thousand things on television than I'm watching. So I gotta say here real quick. Speaking of your artwork, going back to this, I'm flipping through your uh, your website and I saw mm-hmm. some of the stuff you've done, and I absolutely love it. The Ghostbusters Batman with the Joker Slimer. Yeah. Oh, that is <laughs> that was, epic. Thanks. Yeah, that was a convention sketch. I think I did uh, at New York, and someone asked for that, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." So Ghost I took a Rider picture of it and then Yeah, there's some good ones in here. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. My art, my website has like a giant gallery of artwork, and then it's. I'm still in the middle of trying to get it up to date. Um, there's a thing on the Star Wars stuff where I show all the Star Wars cards I've designed, or some of them. I mean, I've designed like thousands of cards for that, and uh, some comic book stuff there. You can check out my other comic, War of the Woods. There's a uh, preview there, and it brings you to Comicsology. It's sort of like the portal for me. So. Thank you for the nice compliment. Yeah, no, your art is 
freaking awesome. Like I knew it was good from the comic, but just flipping through this and seeing all the other different stuff you've done, it's it's fantastic. I really really dig it. Thanks. Um, so I I just gotta ask, so it sounds like are you located like on the East Coast then? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm oh, in Brooklyn. Okay. I actually used to okay. live down the block from David. It was really weird. Huh. Oh, I nice. met David at a, huh. It was really strange. I met David. We were as a bunch of people from DC. We went to go get drinks, and I'm like, "Hey, my name is Matthew Pets," and David's like, "Hey, my name is David Gallagher." I'm like, "Oh, I live on Coney Island Avenue." He's like, "I live on Coney Island Avenue." I'm like, "Where do you live?" <laughs> it's like I live right here, and I'm like, "That's a, right near the KFC." He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I live." 50 feet away from there <laughs> so it was really really strange um but yeah i'm local i'm in brooklyn so uh new york awesome that's what's up yeah hey <laughs> well if you get bored i know there's a con I, I mean, we're just every time i try to plug this con any chance i get uh mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna be attending a con we have a booth set up at uh at uh, NovaCon, which is gonna be basically dc or tyson's corner virginia um, okay end of july and so uh, I don't know if they're still looking for, but if you're interested, by all means, we have some contact information for you. You can come out there. Yeah, that would be awesome. To, I yeah. haven't actually done a bunch of shows in a while. Like the job sort of took off, and this app became like super popular. I also got married, so like when you get married and you get like a job that's very intensive, <laughs> my comic book con schedule got sucked to nothing. And I'm sort of in the last few months getting back into it. Uh, but that'd be awesome. Yeah, any I love finding out about new shows and and regional shows and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, this is going to be their first year, but they're they're expecting a pretty decent turnout. And uh, apparently, like the one person that's putting it on or sponsoring it, I guess, has done some other shows in the past. So yeah, they're expecting a pretty good turnout and a good show. So. Oh, awesome! Mm-hmm. And I think uh, from what I've read, I know you were talking about your buddy Charles Charles Soul. Um, yeah. I believe Ryan Brown, who he's working with on Curse Words, is going to be there as well. Oh, um, I think cool! That was yeah, one yeah. Of the names that I know is going to be there, and yeah, it's going to be hopefully a really fun show. Yeah, I'll definitely get some info from you guys. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So Matthew, um, in a bunch of different uh, digital card trading uh, chat rooms, and I have sure. a I have a uh, uh, person here um, by the name of Bucket who has a question for you, if I may ask. <laughs> Sure, he if wants I can me, answer it. Yes, he wants me to ask you. He goes, yeah, can we get some more um, okay. shake tea cards in the app? One shake tea, insert just one. She doesn't even have a base card this time around. Uh, yes, we will work on that. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it's shock tea, if I'm correct. Yeah, she's some sort of Jedi side character that was in like the prequels for like two seconds. But every character has a huge <laughs> fan. Um, yes. Yeah, you can tell that fan that I will work on finding it. The problem we have with sometimes those sort of, I will call them marginal characters and not in a derogatory way, is the actual amount of uh, photography or artwork for that character could be limited. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you'd be surprised, like, we've released so many things and it's like, man, in 1977, they sure didn't take a lot of pictures of, you know, this alien at the cantina. So, but with the prequel stuff, there might be more. So I will make a note of that, and I'll talk to the producers about, you know, maybe doing more shock tea cars. Cool. They can, uh, you know, they might get excited about that. All right. He'll be excited. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the show. We greatly appreciate you taking the time and letting us, you know, review your book. It was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. 
Uh, thanks so much. I hope I didn't ramble too much, and I really oh, appreciate no, you guys man, you're a pleasure to taking speak the with. time. Oh, yeah, oh that's no. great. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, you're a pleasure to speak with. And hopefully, we'll see you around at one of the cons, and we can, uh, you know, get our own copies and have you sign it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll, uh, you know, any that actually gets a copy the back of the comic it has a drawing already drawn on it so it's sort of like a oh. easter egg you pull it out and i have some frank sinatra singing with some tentacles coming out of his mouth so <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's a nice sort of like uh, you actually took the time to buy this thank you sort of thing so awesome. <laughs> but thanks so That's much cool. guys it was really it was very encouraging that someone wanted to talk to me about this <laughs> oh yeah i know and hopefully like i said once this comes out hopefully we'll get a bunch more and once it gets on Comicsology, by all means, let us know. Um, we have absolutely. We're, we're in a couple different like big online comic rooms, and we'll promote the hell out of it. You know, once it's on uh, uh, Comicsology, so awesome. You know, like you know, again, the relationships you make in comics are like the things that sustain you. So, thanks so much for that. I'll definitely uh, pass that along. Oh yeah, not a problem. The bubble on this house is spent. Thanks for joining us. Every week, we bring you great comic news, stories, and guest interviews. Did you know we also have an awesome YouTube channel? Check us out and be sure to subscribe and follow for the latest videos right as they drop. Just search Four Guys in a Comic on YouTube and dive right in. And as always, be sure to keep your podcast radars peeled for next week's issue. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Podbean. Stay frosty.